David, what's the hardest race in swimming? Um, 400 IM. <laughs> it's um, just a true test of um, real swimming because it's four strokes and a really, really hard race, man. Now we know why you're getting out of it and focusing on distance freestyle. Take an easy street. Welcome to Social Kick. I'm Brian Lundquist. We got a really full crew, Dr. John Mullen, Luke Paddington, and the distance guys from Team USA, Charlie Clark, David Johnson, joining us from down under. What's up, boys? Thanks for coming on. What's up, guys? We're in Melbourne right now. It's 8 a.m., and we're just about to get into swim this morning, so we're excited to be here. Well, uh, Luke's, Luke's cracking a beer because of uh, World Cup woes, so I hope that maybe you guys are on the opposite end of the spectrum and having some, some water and maybe a tad of coffee this morning. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Well, first off, is it on Team USA swimming for some redemption for the USA after U.S. soccer got kicked out of the World Cup? Uh, yeah, you could definitely say that. Uh, I was feeling a little bitter about that, but we'll see. How, how closely do you follow it, Charlie? Um, I'm not a huge soccer fan, but I always watch the World Cup every year. In the, um, so I, I was following USA pretty closely. Yeah, yeah, I was watching it. I watched the game versus Iran with my swim team. We were mm -hmm. leaving the uh, – or no, we were going to the Minnesota invite, um, mm -hmm. which was I went to before this meet. And um, so, you know, we were sad. We were glad they beat Iran, sad they lost. But, yeah, we'll be ready here. Well, let's, uh, let's talk about the trip. So tell me, guys, what's, um, what's been the best part of the trip so far for you guys? I know the meet hasn't kicked off yet, but you get to connect with a lot of folks and have that camaraderie with Team USA that, um, you know, is really special to be a part of. Charlie, what for you so far has just been like the coolest part of the trip? Yeah, for me, it's just getting to reconnect with everyone and meet new people uh, from past trips and people who are new um, and just get to explore the city and um, get to see a different part of the world nice you got to explore a little bit already what what what's been cool that you saw in melbourne yeah we haven't had a ton of time to get out yet um but a couple guys went out and got dinner last night out in the city um it's just really cool to experience the local culture um and see like it's really it's the weather's great here right now it's summertime um so just to get out see the water see the ocean it's been really cool nice yeah good to pack the board shorts i'm sure you got to say <laughs> yeah david what about you what's been cool so far yeah, I would just say being able to connect with the guys. Like last night, we just had a group of five or ten guys sitting out. It's a beautiful skyline view by our hotel. We're just talking about life, about swimming, about everything. So that was fun. And I think today, Charlie and I are considering going to the beach after we swim and um, stuff like that. And, you know, I love um, Australian accents. I think it's the way they talk funny. So I'm just excited to, to be here and get to know them and all the other swimmers from these other countries, be able to learn from their experiences and just race them. So, Well, since you brought it up, David, what's the most Australian thing you've seen since you've been maybe on this trip? Or I know you were in Australia for the um, duel in the pool and a little bit after that. So what's the most Australian thing? Oh, man, I would just say <laughs> they love their coffee. They always mm -hmm. love to talk about that. They have a lot of passion when they talk um, and – yeah, they're just very nice um, and, and a lot of fun. Charlie, how about yourself? Have you found any uh, oddities or interesting things with your time there thus far? Yeah, I would definitely agree about the coffee. Uh, super great quality, any coffee shop you go to. Um, but I, it's also it's probably a little uh, cliche, but I'd have to say the Vegemite. Uh, they serve it with breakfast every morning, um, and all the guys have tried it. It's pretty interesting. 
What's the what's the typical way to eat Vegemite? What have you learned thus far, and what are you eating it on? Yeah, so the people at the uh, hotel breakfast told us that you're supposed to toast a piece of bread, put some butter on it, a lot of butter, and then spread the Vegemite over top. And they also said it goes well with peanut butter. You know, in Australia, this circles from the opposite direction to you do in the U.S. Do you know that yeah, toilet's yeah. flush opposite? But yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, I can't. Well, I really. True, but... <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I would say some other things are like, you know, they say, um, how'd I go or whereabouts and stuff like that. And I, when I came back to the U.S. after dueling the pool, I just started saying some of that stuff for fun <laughs> and confusing people. Um, and when I got here, this, this trip, I just started swimming left to right because I just mm. think it's fun. So, yeah. yeah. Have you got yeah. a nickname? Because everyone gets a nickname, like Brett Hawk is Hawky, and I'll be oh, Loki yeah. or something, you know? Like, which yeah. Well, uh, Keenan Robinson calls me Wavy Davy. I don't know why he calls me that, but now everybody from USA Swimming is calling me Davy. So they, the Australians like to end everything and eat. Yeah. So, yeah, it's kind of funny. See, when I was out there, they just said add an O to anyone's name, and then you can go ahead and have their nickname. So David O and Charlie O. So I guess go add an O, add a Y, and Australia's got a nickname for you. Yeah. And it's the plural. It's a, is it a pair of Speedos or is it a Speedo? Songs. Yeah. Thongs? Is it thongs? Thongs. Yeah. Thongs. Yeah. And then the other one is, uh, uh, is it heats or prelims? Mm, that's a good, yeah, they call it heats here. Yeah, heat sheet. Yeah, yeah I think so. Man, they, they, there's a lot of things they say. Yeah. <laughs> Funny. Yeah. Well, do you, know, they say, like, you know, or they say, like, I'm really keen to race mm -hmm. today. And I'm just, they say that all yeah. the time. <laughs> Yeah. How can you how can you be keen so much every day all the time? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I know. I had an Australian coach. Um so David, you brought up the the Minnesota invite. You popped off a, a, some good swims there and um so what tell us about kind of your your build into into this meet. Obviously, you know, had some different training going on over the summer and um, I assume back at Texas now, but then going into, you know, a fast swim at Minnesota and then the build into this meet, maybe some interruptions. So just give us an update on kind of where you are and what your thoughts are headed into this meet. Yeah, I mean, um, I wasn't sure whether I was going to be selected to this meet. So um, when I got back from Australia after dueling the pool, um, I started setting goals I wanted to hit at um, our invite. And, um, you know, I shaved for it. And um, I was about 10, 10 days out from my full taper. But, I mean, that's enough to really go fast and, and get some NCAA cuts, you know, race some teammates. Um, so I took the meet very seriously. Um, and it was just good to see where I am. I was a lot more happy with my 500 and 400 IM as opposed to my 1,000. Um, I think I could have swum it a lot better. But it was a learning experience, and it was good to just see where I am. I think swimming the 800 short course meters here – um, in August, um, I wanted to kind of replicate that with like the thousand, the thousand yard, um, cause I was leaving before the last day and I wanted to get in kind of like a distant swim to get ready for this. Um, and so I think I kind of, um, not went all in for invite, but, um, you know, took it pretty seriously and then I've just kind of continued to rest. Um, and so the fall training has been great, um, just to get ready for this. Nice, thanks, Charlie. What about uh, what about you? What's the what's the update on kind of where you are in training and thoughts coming in? Yeah, so we just had the uh, Ohio State invite a couple weeks ago, right before Thanksgiving. 
Um, and we didn't really rest for that at all. We kind of just trained through that. Um, get, I, I took a little break after dueling the pool. Um, so really since then, it's just been building back up, building that aerobic base, getting in some good training. Um, so it's just been grinding lately. Um, oh, the, the invite went well. Um, I was a little bit off my PRs in my races, um, but I, it was really just about like thinking about execution um, and race strategy more than anything. Um, just getting more experience racing. Um, so then coming here, um, I'm going to do a drop taper for this. Um, went up really high in volume last week just to get one last little aerobic push. Um, so now I'm feeling pretty ready to go race in two days. What's really high in volume volume for a week for you? Yeah, so this was actually my highest volume week ever two weeks ago. or It was a week before I left for Australia. I hit over 100K. Um, he, wow. our Bill Dorncott, our Ohio State coach, had me double um, all seven days of the week, except Sunday. I singled Sunday. Um, so I ended up hitting like 101,000 yards. Did you Man, love a single? Taking it easy on you on Sunday. Jeez. <laughs> 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 it was rough. It was, I mean, it was it was honestly kind of nice to add those workouts in um, Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday afternoon. Uh, I'm just sitting in my apartment anyway, so I might as well go do something productive. And it feels good just to kind of get a flush and loosen up. Man, major respect to this guy. He does a lot of yardage and really works hard for everything he's doing. So, as well, big, time, big time respect. None what of us are late. Really, we're all sprinters. <laughs> <laughs> go ahead, John. I was going to say, man, a, a true distance swimmer, nothing better going on. So might as well go swim some more, right? Right. <laughs> exactly. David, you said, he, he, David, you said Charlie puts in a, a lot of work. How does that compare to some of the yardage and training that you're doing at Texas? Yeah, I mean, so I would say at Texas, I've been – this semester I've been hovering around 60 to 70K a week. Um, but I would say at Texas a lot of it is we have just such an incredible distance training group there that it, it that it's just – you, you want to come in every day and race those guys. So it's not as much just putting up a ton of volume, but it is a lot of um, you come in and want to beat the guy in the lane next to you every day. And um, that kind of um, helps us bring the intensity. So um, I would say from what I know, Charlie might put up a little bit more yardage, you know, but um, and I know he has a great training group at Ohio mm -hmm. State. He's talked about that. Um, but just to Texas for me, I know a lot of it is um, – just racing different guys and um, coming in every day with that mindset is really cool. So, yeah, I mean, I hover around 60 to 70 K a week. I swim nine to 10 times a week. So, yeah. David, how did that compare the training at Texas compare with what you were doing the summer? Oh, that's a great question. Um, so this summer when I went to train with Mark, um, it was a bit different because um, I didn't really have anybody to race necessarily, but Mark just pushed me really, really hard. So I did um, quite a bit more yardage. I was up to about 80K as opposed to 60 or 70. And I did a lot of pulling, a lot of stuff with a band. Um, and I just did a lot kind of uh, pretty much 100% long course. And a lot of it was very high intensity. And we would be done um, with practice. And Mark would just be like, get up and do a 400 all out, you know. And that was the type of stuff I needed. Like I, I needed a coach that – um, you know, would, re would really push me like that. And so it was a good experience being able to learn from him. And um, he's coached so many great distance swimmers in the past that, you know, I trusted everything that he wanted me to do. And, man, it was, it was a lot of fun just being outside in California and being able to grind and put in that work. It just made me happy, you know. I was going to ask, how did that change you? Did it give you more confidence, get you stronger, tougher? How did that change you? 
Yeah, for sure. I mean, I think um, I wasn't necessarily too pleased with my swims in the Nationals, but once I kept resting for the meet in Australia, um, I really think that that work kind of paid off. So it kind of – it definitely taught me um, some toughness, um, mm -hmm. some things about how to taper and prepare my body off different training. Um, and it certainly made me a lot tougher for sure. Could you tell us more about how you ended up out there with Schubert and maybe the thought process behind that decision? Yeah. I mean, um, just after world trials, um, you know, I wanted to just try something different for a couple months, um, because, you know, Eddie was going to be gone for worlds and, um, we didn't have as many guys in Austin and I just wanted, um, to just try something new. Um, and so I knew I'd be back at Texas in the fall. Um, and I just wanted to go out there and try something new. And, um, Mark was there and, um, he's just such a great distance coach. I wanted my focus really to be on distance freestyle, um, that summer, um, because I didn't perform too well in my distance freestyle at the world trials. My 400 IM was great. Um, mm -hmm. and so I really wanted to go and just grind some yardage and, um, see what I could go in the long distance races and um, just get a, get, you know, get a change of pace. So. Charlie, you, um, you know, you had some success this summer getting on the world's team and, and having experience there. And uh, I always think it must be kind of strange to make the national team and, you know, share this room with the way that your results together with David stacked up over at, at trials, right. in this summer. So, um, what, what is it like, uh, first of all, what, what did you take away from those experiences this summer? Uh, and then what's it like then to, you know, share, share, you know, a lot of workouts together as, as you prepare for a team USA event, knowing that on a national scene that you guys are competitors and are going to continue to be going head to head in these races going forward. Does that change kind of the way that you treat, you know, your, your time together? Right. So um, the experience over the summer was great. Um, getting to go to Worlds and Duel in the Pool. Um, both of the, the Worlds was my first international meet, Duel being the second. Um, I didn't necessarily perform the way I wanted to at Worlds. Um, but it was, it was definitely a great experience um, to get, get that experience under my belt um, and have a chance to race internationally. Um, and then for training, it, it's great. Like I, we're obviously competing against each other at the international stage, um, but when we're here at these camps, um, I just, I mean, it's the same way on a college team. Like when you're training against your teammates in the distance group, like you're competing against them, but they're your teammates. Um, and you really, like, you get to be pretty good friends with those guys, just like you do here. Um, so it's really fun to be able to push each other in practice. And I don't really like, I don't know, it's, it's really just fun getting to, I don't know, get to know each other and put work in together, knowing that you're competing for Team USA. What do you feel like, the question for both of you guys, I'd like you both to answer, but maybe David first, what, what have you learned from spending time training with Charlie? And Charlie, what have you learned from David spending time training with him? Man, I've just learned like, He's going to be hard to beat because he always grinds and puts up that that yardage. And so, you know, I come from a similar background. Um, I know I talked a little bit about how I think he might do more yardage than me. Um, but you know, I think in, in high school, I was always grinding. I still do. Um, and so I've kind of learned like kind of how tough he is. Um, we've had a lot of conversations about the way that we approach things mentally. Um, I've learned just by watching him at these meets, the way that he kind of approaches things from his warm up um, and his taper. And so, I'm just take, we're just taking the best things that we do with each other and helping each other. And, um, 
So, you know, he's certainly motivated me um, in a sense. I mean, we've been competing against each other for a couple of years now. Even I remember at 2019 yeah. juniors, um, we almost had the same time <laughs> in the 1500. So, um, yeah, it's been it's been a while. So he's always in the back of my mind <laughs> a lot. So, yeah. Yeah, I was going to uh, kind of say something similar about how, um, you know, we've been racing each other at a very similar level for a, a while now. I, I remember the same race in 2019. We were like 0.2 seconds apart um, and then through Olympic trials and then through now, like we all we seem to be progressing at pretty close to the same rate. Um, so it's been great to just talk about distance swimming to somebody who uh, feels so similar. Um, and yeah, just like learn their process and their strategy um, and their training style. Um just to kind of compare and like figure out how somebody else does things and kind of compare it against how I do things and just see what the best way to maybe do distance training is. Charlie, how does David swim a mile? And David, you have a nod if he's correct. Does David, does David take it out and, or he comes a second 500? How does David, what is strategy? Uh, yeah, I feel like um, in the past, our experience racing each other, he generally goes out a bit quicker than I do. Um, yeah, I, I, I try to be a little bit more conservative on the front end of races, which maybe is a bad thing, maybe not. Um, but yeah, he generally takes it out a bit quicker than me. Is that right, David? And, and David, how does Charlie race? Yeah, um, so you're right. I do like to take it out fast, and I feel like I'm the type of guy, I have a six-beat kick the whole way. If I start with some momentum, I think I'll finish. And so I like kind of being gutsy um, and taking it out. Obviously, um, I've gone too far with that sometimes, um, but that's the way I like doing it. I like swimming with the lead um, because I've never really been able to or recently haven't been able to change my pace. I haven't been able to Bobby Fink it, so to speak. But um, I think Charlie Clark, um, he he has a really good back half and um, he's just a really good racer. So I think he certainly um, back, back, you know, back halves it more. Um, but I know our race at NCAAs was different because I didn't go out very fast because I was kind of, uh, for some reason, afraid of dying in that race. So, um, yeah. I have swummed a mile maybe twice in my life. You, John, Brian, how many times have you swummed a mile in a race? Probably uh, more than that, but I've done it. Yeah. So I have no idea how I deal with a guy coming home in a 26 long course 50. How you deal with a think? How, how would you deal and prepare for that stuff now? Because you know it's coming. How do you deal with right. it? Um, yeah, so I raced, I, we had some good races together, me and Bobby at the U.S. Open last year. Um, and I feel like it's really just my strategy. It didn't work either time. He beat me in both the races. Um, but my strategy kind of going into it was that you know that he's going to have that last 50. Um, so you really have to try to put some distance on him or somebody, anybody who can come home that fast um, before that. So, like, um, instead of waiting to the last 100 or the last 50 to kick, um, I know my – finishing speed isn't maybe quite as good. So I'll try to think about having my finishing kick start at the 150 left or the, even the 200 to go um, so that I can try to put as much distance as I can before the last 50. Right. I've never been, I have never been in a position where I could beat him yet, <laughs> but, um, but I, I think if I was, um, it would kind of depend on the day and how I felt was the best strategy. Um, but, you know, he comes on real strong at the end. So I think um, if you can get a big lead, that's a great idea. But I also think in such a long race like that, you don't want to overswim the first couple hundred um, because everybody's going to settle into a pace at some point in the race. Even if they're dying, they're going to go around the same time from the thousand to the fourteen hundred. You know, um, you just you don't want to do it all in the first couple hundred. But if you can build some type of a lead. 
Um, and like Charlie said, just, um, you know, get your finishing kick in um, with like a 200 to go, um, as opposed to just trying to beat him on the last 50 probably is not going to work. But I've never been in that position where I'm even close to him. So I can't Me really either. <laughs> yeah. One of the coolest things about distance swimming to me, besides the toughness that it takes both mentally and physically, is the tactics that come into play in some races. Some of them, it's just, you know, get out front and go, right? And you've both swam races like that. And then sometimes you have to consider um, multiple factors. What is your competitor thinking? What plans might you have had coming in? And then what cards do you have on the day? And then be able to kind of shift that. I'm curious, like the mental approach that you guys have when you when you're in that situation, like Charlie, do you have a couple scenarios in mind that you might play depending on how the race goes or like, you know, do you go in with no plan? Like, how, how, how do you think about that? And then, of course, David, you too, how do you think about it? Yeah, so I definitely I have a general strategy that has worked for me in the past, um, which is generally going out, um, like I said, pretty conservative. Um, not necessarily being super aggressive the first bit of the race, but making sure you stay relevant um, and don't let people get too far away and then kind of building into it as the race goes on and finishing really strong. Um, but, you know, it's not like a, it doesn't fit every race. Like you have to be adaptable. Um, you might get in the race and have to change it up. Um, or even before the race, like there's sometimes that um, I'm looking at the field, um, looking at like the seat, uh, the, the heat sheets. Um, and based on who I'm racing against, I'll go in with a different strategy. Like maybe, um, if I know people are going to be able to close pretty fast, or even if I know other people are back halfers like me, um, I might try to do something like where I'll push the front half more than I normally would and try to get out and lead from the beginning, which I normally don't do. Um, so I really feel like you have to have multiple race strategies that you're capable of doing. You might have one that you prefer, um, but you won't always be able to do the strategy you want to do. You'll have to do the strategy that works best for that race. And you might not know what that strategy is until you're halfway through it, uh, but you have to be adaptable. Right. And just one thing I would say is it certainly depends on the race and who you're racing. But, you know, I like to say I said I like to go out fast, but I've swum um, miles and um, 800s and even 400s all different ways. And um, but I really think the best way to truly maximize um, your ability is not to go out all out, but to go out pretty strong and really settle into a solid pace. Um, because I think just in pretty much any race, um, back halfing it might help you in a race to necessarily beat somebody. But I think if you want to go the fastest time that you are humanly capable of, um, I think you should um, definitely go pretty hard in the front half and really try to hold on. And I think I talked to Grant Hackett a bit about this when we were in Australia, just the way that he really attacks his races. And he gave me some advice before um, my 800 short course meters, you know, which, which really helped me. Um, it was different because I wasn't in a tight battle with anyone in that race, but I really got out there and put myself in a position to to go a good time. Yeah, David, uh, obviously last time you were in Australia, had a great short course meters uh, competition. Love to hear both of you guys what your goals are for the meet, and why don't we start off with you, David, with where you are in the season. Yeah, yeah, I want to go best times um, because mm -hmm. I was really pleased with the way things shaked out for me in that short course meters meet. Um, so I want to try to get under those times and win a medal. You know, I just want to really enjoy and soak up the experience racing these guys that I've watched for years. Um, and especially somebody like Gregorio Palcineri. I'm in the lane next to him. Um, and I just think it'll be so fun to, you know, stand up on the block with him. He's somebody I've watched for so many years and just get the experience of racing him and just seeing how I fare. And I know it'll 
I'll come back with a lot of motivation after this meet, just being able to have that experience. Um, and then even moving toward, uh, forward after this, I want to be able to replicate some of those swims uh, into the long course pool. So mm -hmm. um, I'm really looking forward to seeing what my long course can be this summer. Great. Thank you. And then, yeah, Charlie, you mentioned not having the best uh, time on the national team last time. What maybe are you hoping to take from that past experience and do with this competition? Yeah, it's definitely uh, good. I'm, I'm really glad I have that uh, experience in the past uh, going into this meet. Um, I'm, gonna, I'm, I'm going in seated with my long course time, so I won't be in the it's time finals here in the distance event, so I won't be swimming in the final heat. Um, but I definitely feel a lot better, a lot more comfortable um, than I did in Budapest uh, or in Sydney. Um, so I feel like I'm really going to be able to swim a nor like swim my race rather than feeling that pressure and um, maybe feeling forced to swim a race that's not my own. Um, I think I I, I, so I don't really I've swum uh, at the World Cup in Indianapolis, but I was um, not rested for that, so uh, I don't really have any personal best that I would be shooting for to beat. Um, so I guess my goal at this meet would just to be to improve on my experience at Budapest um, and see how well I can do on the international level. I was going to ask you about the state of U.S. distance swimming. Up until a couple of years ago, it was, you know, in a bad state. Um, I compared to where the rest of U.S. is swimming is relatively, okay? Mm -hmm. And then, you know, think changed that and others. How are we going to do this, Wills? You guys want to? Say what? How are we gonna? Are you, guys, are you gonna do this, Wills? Are you guys one two? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's <laughs> yeah. do it. But um, yeah, it's it's yeah. good because um, you know, I think we have a numerous swimmers. Uh, I mean, Will Galan and Alec right. Inyard are two others that are really really good. Um, and there's plenty of other young talent out there. I'm not dissing anybody. Um, but yeah. I just think that um, obviously the standard that Bobby set is um, high, and we're all inspired by that and want to chase that. But I think growing up, all of us had these goals and dreams. Um, mm -hmm. and I think. Um, Bobby's certainly taken that to a new level, um, which just motivated me and others. And I think we've got a great crop of guys right now. We're seeing like five or so guys that are really pushing um, the, the distance freestyle. And I yeah. think at, in that 2024 Olympic trials, I've been envisioning some really, really fast swims from all of us. So I think it's going to be very exciting. And um, even like growing up, um, I always um, wanted to kind of make distance swimming more fun and more popular trying to figure out that stuff. So, yeah. Uh, how more fun, more popular. How are we going to do that? What's it going to take to make it more fun, more popular? Man, I just I think, think if we have commercials. A... Tell NBC, don't cut the commercials. That's yeah. Yeah, yeah. Right. exactly. Well, I think if we have um, some guys with some big personalities in those races that are winning medals, I think it's going to attract um, a lot of attention towards us. People are going to watch these races. I think, Fink's closing speed is very, very entertaining. Um, and I think we can get a lot of people really invested in this when we show our personalities, do things like this. Um, and yeah, so. Right on. All right, guys, we got a few rapid fire questions for you before we let you go. Um, we're gonna pass the ball back and forth. So uh, David, what's the hardest race in swimming? Um, 400 IM. <laughs> It's um, just a true test of um, real swimming because it's four strokes and a really, really hard race, man. Now we know why you're getting out of it and focusing on distance freestyle. Take an easy street. <laughs> easy street down the Charlie Road of 100,000 yards a week. <laughs> Charlie, what's the hardest race in swimming? Oh, gosh. I, 
hardest race, I'd, I'd have to go with the mile, but to me, the most painful race is the short course 200 free. Cool. <laughs> okay, well, I'm disagreeing with that. All right, Charlie, Olympic, Olympic gold or world record? Ooh, I got to go Olympic gold. Uh, you know, like world record is, it's, they're both huge achievements. Um, but something about the Olympic gold, everybody in the world coming together and everybody like for four years, everybody's focusing on that one day, that one race. And then whoever can perform the best in that one specific swim um, deserves the Olympic gold. I'm going world record. Um, I just think like, obviously I won an Olympic gold, but I think that, that world record is a little bit special. Um, All right. Well, if you call world record, which event would the world record mean the most to you in? 400 IM long course. I don't think that's the most realistic for me at all. Marshawn just going and what the time Phelps has gone, but that would mean the most to me. Um, but other than that, probably 1500 yeah. long course. Uh, yeah, I do. Long course. All right. What is the world record in the hundredth to the hundredth in the 800 short course meters? 723.42 by Grant Haggett. Oh uh, yeah, you know yeah. it. Well, Charlie, what's the, <laughs> Charlie? What's the fifteen hundred short course meters? Yeah, I haven't, I haven't looked at it. Short course meters. David knows it. I bet it's fourteen oh six point. I think eighty eight. Florian did it last year, and um, uh -huh. yeah. I knew who did it. Yeah. I didn't know the hundred. Yeah, yeah he was for that. Come on. <laughs> yeah, double breathed into every wall was really cool. But anyway, <laughs> nobody's ever gone under fourteen. <laughs> hey. There are gains to be made if you're double breathing right. into every wall. <laughs> sure. Charlie, do you pee in the pool? Of course. When you're doing that many yards, you can't, you can't take time. <laughs> you, don't get, you don't get any breaks. David, pee in the pool? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> That's a swimmer thing. Yeah. Charlie, what is the hardest Christmas vacation training set you did at Vacation Land Swim Club? Uh, that's a that's a really good one. Um, a classic we always did uh, on my high school team, which was we high school team and vacation land trained together a lot. Um, it it doesn't sound that hard now, but at the time it was pretty tough. Um, we would do fourteen five hundred. It was called banjo billies. Uh, so it was um, one on one on a faster interval, one on a slower interval. So I would go like one on five hundred five, one on five twenty, two on five hundred five, one on five twenty, three on five hundred five, one on five twenty, four on five hundred five, um, and the ones on five hundred five were kind of pushing it a little bit. The ones on five twenty were kind of cruise. Um, that was pretty brutal. Um, one time, also our vacation land coach Dan Miller had me do three two thousands. Um, odd ones were alternating two hundred free, two hundred IM, even when was straight up freestyle on twenty minutes, twenty one minutes. So. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> yeah, light, light day. Because <laughs> we're over here speechless, just like oh my, god. <laughs> oh my gosh, David. When you swam the eight hundred at the Australian Shore Course and were beating the field quite handily, the announcer said, and I quote: "David Johnston is spread eagling the field." <laughs> Is that an inappropriate comment or just a language barrier thing? Just a language barrier for sure. You got to love the Aussies and everything they want to say. I'm all I'm on board with whatever they say. Charlie, so. <laughs> which uh, viral YouTube video has more views all time? Charlie bit my finger or Charlie the unicorn? Oh, 
I've got to go. Charlie bit my finger. I got that all the time in middle school. Everybody would always ask me that. Charlie bit my finger has 5.4 million views, and Charlie the unicorn has 39 million views. Wow. Only wow. 5.4 million views? That's surprising, Only honestly. Only 5.4. That's like all I heard through middle okay. school. Yeah. <laughs> Social goals. Uh, all right. For each of you, David, which athlete and event are you most excited to watch at this meet? Um, I'm going to say Shane Casas, 200 IM, because I know he's been training well, and he's got a great head on his shoulders, and I think he's really going to swim well at this meet. Charlie, what about you? Um, I'd either have to go with uh, seeing Petey come back in the 100 breast, or I'd honestly have to say, since I'm not going to be in the final heat, watching this guy tear it up in the mile. <laughs> <laughs> Hell yeah. Well, hey, guys, thanks so much for spending time with us. We appreciate it, and we look forward to watching you swim fast, go USA, and uh, tear it up. Thanks a lot. Thank you, guys. Thank you, guys. Thank you. Really appreciate it. Yeah. That's it for this episode of Social Kick, and we'll see you next time. Hey, everybody. Thanks for hanging out with us. If you're enjoying Social Kick, tell your friends about it. And be sure to tell us what you liked by leaving a comment. And subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Follow us on Instagram. Please subscribe to our YouTube channel, The Social Kick.